0: on, everybody. This is your main man, Chuck Livingston, reporting live from Marion, Arkansas, with another episode of the Hog Cast. This is an especially joyous occasion for <laughs> me. Uh, it's uh, become a year a yearly ritual, like Christmas and the e- and uh, Easter, and things like that. <laughs> uh, with the exception of one year, of course. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to all that. Got a lot of stuff lined up for you. I'm joined, as always, by Colby
1: Yarbrough. What's going on, everyone?
0: We call him the Saline County Stalker around here because he <laughs> lives in Saline County and he stalks people. Um, <laughs> and uh, on the other,
1: line, I don't know about the second part. But.
0: Oh, I, I think we more. The second part may be more factual than the first <laughs> one. I've never been to your house. And uh, giggling maniacally like a hyena on the other line is a double L Logan Livingston Logan.
2: What up? Straight out of the line, King. That's me.
0: Uh yeah so so we, the whole band's here today very excited about that this is one of the best hours all, I spend all week is with these guys on the show and uh, today we've got a lot of stuff uh going on uh the first things first is uh, obviously uh Kentucky who looked like a runaway train about to be the first undefeated team in NCAA basketball since Indiana in seventy six 76, yeah seventy six with Isaiah Thomas to go undefeated but a funny thing happened on the way to perfection who wants to tell our listeners uh, exactly what i'm talking about
2: uh decker and comiskey and friends took him down like a like a lot of people predicted you know going oh into the tu- going into the tournament you know everybody looked at that wisconsin kentucky matchup down the line and they were like you know if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen there and experts were right they, they got it right i mean it was i mean wisconsin had the lead for most of the game um kentucky fought back in both halves really after getting down but in the end, you know, Decker and Comiskey were just too much for them. De- Decker stepped up huge in the second half. Like, at the end of the game, he's a baller. Dude had no quit. All hustle.
1: Colby? Yeah, I mean, last year uh, Kentucky beat them in the Final Four, and you can tell Wisconsin had a revenge on the mind even though they, they didn't, you know, tell it that was the reason they, they said their goal was to make the championship game, but uh, I know in the back of their mind they really wanted to get this, or play Kentucky again and beat them. And, like, Logan said Kaminsky and uh, Decker were just gamers uh, Decker I mean I think i seen where he shot was shooting like 30% per, uh, uh, from three point uh, in the regular season and now he's shooting like over 50% in the tournament I mean that big three um, late in the second half oh. put him up 60 to 63 I think and then he took the charge another end it was just huge uh, what I'm complaining is I think the rest, on um, both sides is some some bad calls with the misflagrant uh, foul they reviewed. Oh, and, my gosh. <laughs> and then the shot clock violation on Wisconsin they missed. So it was a little bit in both sides. So, I, you know, I think it probably evened out there. But then uh, they caught a charge on Wisconsin. that was just horrible as well. But, you know, that that is what it is. I mean, you'd like to see it not happen. But I think that we're, you're going to see it anytime, any big time game.
2: The thing I hate about that flagrant the most is they actually went back and looked at it. They looked at it's it for solid. a solid, like, three minutes, five minutes yeah. or so. Like, the, the the shot clock, you know, they can't review that. They didn't go back and look at it. And it was so.
0: close. That's fine. That's and it fine. was close,
2: but they actually looked at that flagrant, and they were just like, you know what? He only punched that guy in the face a little bit. Let's uh,
0: It's not let's, like they were jockeying for position. There wasn't a shot going up. They were just chilling under the basket, and he just goes upside his head.
2: Yeah, any like, kind of any kind of contact to that? the head is supposed to be a flagrant, and that was definitely contact to the head.
1: And the commentators Except- were even saying they're like, "Oh, this is probably not going to be a flagrant two, but it's definitely one." Like they're even thought it was in between a one and two at, at a point. So I mean, they were just they were shocked and. Then- <laughs> Of course, you open up Twitter, and, I mean, every everybody's talking about, you know, what a missed, call. What tell you, a missed it's, call. I mean, they reviewed it.
2: Well, let me tell you, when the announcers are against Kentucky, you know it must be pretty blatant because those guys love to love Kentucky. That is all Absolutely. they
0: do. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, though. Like, if there was a conspiracy in place, uh, it would have been to protect Kentucky. I mean, if you think about it, well, I mean, CBS, a lot of people are going to watch tonight's game anyway. By the way, we're recording this before about 6, uh, 12 after 6 Central Time. Um, the, the game's going to tip tonight around 8. Uh, the problem is that you're trying to, uh, you know, Kentucky chasing an undefeated perfect record would have been a huge draw. Still going to be a huge draw tonight, but CBS had a lot to lose by uh, seeing Kentucky go down uh, just in the Final Four, which a lot of people watched it anyway. Um, yeah, man, I thought, that, uh, I thought they were bad in different spurts. I thought that early on the officiating kind of favored Wisconsin. I thought as the game got into the second half it favored Kentucky, and then I thought, the officials just went off the rails in the last ten minutes or so. Uh, the flagrant was terrible. A couple of the shot clocks were terrible. By the way, Kentucky's execution off did, was it three? Was it uh, shot clock violation on three straight possessions late in the game?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think
0: uh, so. That's that's not very good, is it? <laughs> no,
1: one of those. Not Aaron even Harrison, a shot up.
2: Aaron Harrison, like airballed one of them. I saw I saw that. And I was like, how does that even happen? A baller like Aaron Harrison just completely misses the entire goal.
1: They got away from getting. It, uh, Towns was just killing Wisconsin inside, and they kind of got away from uh, getting it to him. And I don't know if that's just because uh, the lack of, you know, they they haven't really been down many games uh, in the past, and you know, it kind of they didn't know how to execute. And you kind of have to give it to someone that's been just killing Wisconsin. And he was the only one that's really been was doing, uh, you know, anything in the second half against them.
0: I'll say this too: uh, if the tournament proved anything to me and really we should have known in the regular season, uh, Kentucky certainly had gears throughout the season. I mean, you look at their A game. I feel like they brought it uh, both times against Arkansas. I feel like they brought it against West Virginia in the Sweet 16. Uh, Kentucky, they they didn't match Wisconsin's intensity. Uh, And you can get away with that against West Virginia, uh, Notre Dame, teams that you – Notre Dame almost got them too, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, But when a team is – even if they can't match you with talent if you know with, with Wisconsin winning 50 50 balls and playing defense and getting on the boards and things like that if you cannot match their intensity, you're asking for it and again that that was sort of the thing like you know you hate to you hate to you know say oh man they didn't play hard they, you know because you, then you're taking something away from Wisconsin but uh you know I'm not sure that Wisconsin wasn't you know 85 90 percent as good as Kentucky this year you know the big Ten was obviously is obviously a good hoops conference so the SEC's on its way up but uh, Wisconsin just – they sort of laid in wait all year, and they got the rematch, and they did the most uh, the most with it. Yeah, yeah they good were – on Wisconsin.
2: They were obviously more motivated, I feel like. It was kind of like, like Coley was talking about. They remember that Final Four loss last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. One wanted,
0: point heartbreaker. Oh,
2: yeah. They wanted they wanted nothing more than to beat Kentucky. Like, And now they got that. I mean, there was – I mean, I, I would be worried about them losing tonight, honestly, just because, you know – Such a the, letdown. Such a – yeah. I mean, like, they beat – I feel like most of their season was we got to beat Kentucky. Well, they beat Kentucky, and now they still got a game left. So,
0: and you've got a, another tough team, yeah. Duke, who you know they they were able to turn their attention to the winner pretty early because they ended they got out in front of Michigan State and uh, were able to do some things there. And uh, you know, Coach K, uh, he's had some shortcomings here lately, but you can't deny the guy uh, has done a good job with this team. And uh, again, Duke's going to be ready to go too because um, sort of Wisconsin has been the the toast of uh, the nation the last two days since beating mm-hmm. Kentucky and Duke sort of you know I could see Shashesky's rat face just sitting there just sell, <laughs> you know spinning you know telling all right guys and everybody's talking about what's by the way I'm not a Coach K fan but I'm way less of a Coach Cal like if it were Kentucky Duke I'd be all on Duke so hard
2: I'd have a Coach but, K uh, hat shirt everything I'd have
0: a, I'd have I would buy a Duke jersey like I mean <laughs> I, I'd wear it tonight I'd wear it hooping like it, it would be it would be a catastrophe how quick I flipped um, but again that that was. And that sort of leads into the, the second portion of this. I actually wrote a column today for my publication uh, asking basically one question. Is John Calipari overrated? Um, you know, you look at Cal's uh, record and, uh, you know, Final Four regular since he's been at Kentucky and he always gets the best players. One national title to show for it. Um, you've got, you know, Coach K, who recruits to a higher standard than Calipari ever has a thought about recruiting to. you got John Wooden, who's a legend in the game. You've got – I mean – it's. Uh, I, I'll ask you guys because I, I believe he is a little overrated. Uh, is John Calipari overrated? Let's start with Colby.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, and I think what kind of it came out that you know uh, Calipari is elected in the uh, Hall of Fame, and oh. there's coaches like um, uh, Tom Izzo and um, Billy Donovan that haven't been elected in the, the Hall of Fame. Tom Izzo's won one national championship, been to seven Final Fours. Billy Donovan's won two national championships and what been to like four Final Fours maybe. And he's been uh, to
0: another final in 2000, yeah. losing to Tom Izzo.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's like you know why are them guys not in there? And they clearly have had less talent than um, than Cal Perry has, um, and and done more with it. And also, I mean, they haven't had any anything vacated like Cal uh, Perry. Very has. Good. You know, he, he's a great coach, and part of coaching is recruiting. And I don't. And people kind of knock him at his X and O's. And um, you know, I think he's he did a great. Uh, job with this year's team as far as getting them playing together, playing great defense and setting their equal at size. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of... And here's another point. I kind of pose this question. Do y'all think that maybe Cal Perry should have lost a game in the regular season? Not done purposely or made it noticeable, but lost and kind of took that pressure off of the team. And... Because I still think he did a pretty good job coaching this year. He just didn't... It was kind of disappointing with all the talent he had, if that makes sense. So, yes and no.
0: Logan, uh, overrated or not, then we'll answer Colby's question. Uh,
2: Definitely overrated. I feel like when you're recruiting at the level that he recruits at, he gets the best talent, like the best ten guys, really. I mean, he had nine McDonald's All-Americans. Nine
0: McDonald's, yeah.
2: So Wisconsin's none. I mean, I feel like just from a talent standpoint, you should be able to win that game. Like you should be able to win every game. Like honestly, yep. if you've got the nine best guys every year, you should win every game. Like there's no excuse coaching wise. Like that's just that's just poor that's just poor coaching, honestly. And I think he's overrated. I mean, until he started getting on these um, these high recruiting classes, even at Memphis, he only had like one or two really good solid years. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he got big off that Derrick Rose year, obviously making it to the championship game. But I think he's overrated. I don't, I really don't believe that he should have been voted into the Hall of Fame right now, especially after. Uh, having to vacate wins at two different schools. I feel like that's also a blight, kind of like an asterisk on his record. So um, definitely overrated. And to answer Colby's question, yeah, I do I do think a loss would have definitely helped their cause because, I mean, obviously the pressure builds. I mean, we saw it anytime you're going for a perfect season. New, New England, when they lost to the Giants, I really felt like they, if they had lost a game in the regular season, there's no way they would have lost going in the playoffs. Um, same thing for Kentucky, and they obviously should have lost to the Razorbacks one of those two games.
0: Twice, probably.
2: Yeah, they probably should have lost those twice, and they definitely and they definitely would have won the national title then, you know, but uh, that's how I feel Food about for that. thought,
0: Cal. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my theories on uh, Calipari being overrated are the same. You know, he's uh, – the good things that he had done at previous schools, you know, they've been wiped out, and again – I'm not a big fan of the uh, oh you're going to vacate that Final Four because the fans, the boosters, the parents, everybody remembers that you know they, they have those memories. But the fact is that the NCAA thought that you did something you know damning enough that they're oh okay well you know we have to do something you know and it, maybe it is a slap a slight slap on the wrist, um, but it, it, it does say something. That the NCAA has to go out of their way to to. Um, to, to do that, you know, and on top of that, like, like Logan said, I mean, if you think about how many times has he lost a game as a, uh, as a favorite even in uh in March madness, uh, last year, they were an eight seed. I understand that, but they, again, they had talent. They kind of meshed late. They beat Wichita state in the second round. Uh, but I think they were still favorite over Yukon in the final, unless I'm just completely wrong. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just weird that they always seem to lose, you know, and, the fact is, if he didn't win that national championship in 2012 with Anthony Davis, who's the best young player in the NBA right now, he still has no rings. And um, I think that's even more telling. I think that's telling as well. So, um, you know, it, it's hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I think recruiting is a big part of coaching. There's no question. But, um, again, you know, losing to Wisconsin in the Final Four, you don't even make the final with that team. I think that's that. It's not a great look for Calipari. Uh, I go the other way on should he have lost a game I mean obviously anytime you tank a game or something like that you don't know how it's gonna affect your team and things like that um, obviously we could we could say now all right they went undefeated in the regular season in the conference tournament and they didn't win so maybe if they had done something differently maybe it would have there would have been a different outcome I'm not sure that losing a game was was it but obviously you know I I still think they win the tournament a lot of the times, but Wisconsin took the fight to them on the, on that night, and they couldn't execute down the stretch. And maybe that's a result of them playing a lot of, um, you know, games that weren't necessarily close because they didn't they weren't used to executing. Sort of what Colby said earlier, late late in the game situation. You know they, you know they had a couple close games, but against teams they really shouldn't have been close with. And um, again, the motivational factor. You know that they definitely had gears. You, you look, you need to look no further than them getting motivated by Wisconsin. Who, who was the kid that talked trash, said they are going to beat them or something? Yeah, it's
2: like from West Virginia, and they just got yeah.
0: destroyed. <laughs> and they got destroyed, but then, you know, Notre Dame, they laid in the weeds, and Notre Dame should have, uh, I say should have, could have easily beaten them, and then Wisconsin did it. So um, I don't think it's a good look for you to have gears like that. I'd rather have a team that you know what you're going to get, uh, you know, sort of like this year's Arkansas team. You know, Arkansas, I like every night out, with the exception of, you know, Iowa State and maybe Clemson, I feel like they left it on the floor, They didn't win every game, obviously, but I felt like they played hard. They are well-coached. They played almost up to their ability. And uh, they just didn't win all the time, and that happens. But Kentucky, they definitely left possessions on the floor, you know, turnovers, things like that. I thought that was interesting. So – but I think Calipari, yeah, in in that scope as far as college basketball, I mean, you think about some other guys that have only won, you know, one national championship. I mean, they're easy – they're not easy to come by, but a lot of guys have won. You know, our guy Nolan Richardson, Mm -hmm. he he, – and, of course, he's in the the Hall of Fame, but – is interesting with all the extracurricular stuff that, that Calipari's been involved with that he would get sort of bestowed that honor on. So uh, it's interesting, you know, something you could argue uh, for a long time. But going back to Logan's point about Memphis, uh, once he got it rolling, he, he, he was rolling pretty good. Uh, he made the Elite Eight uh, three straight years, one final four in 08, and then he went to the Sweet 16 his last year in Memphis in 09 and lost to Mike Anderson in Missouri. There you go. Um, uh, Demari Carroll, uh, so it took, but it took him a while. It took him about five years to get rolling in Memphis, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they, but it's not hard to recruit to Memphis. If you just get Memphis kids in there, you're a, you know, you're in the tournament and you're, you're making a run most years. So, yeah,
2: Memphis is one of those historic programs as well. And they got so much talent, you know, in the city that, you know, right,
0: exactly. And if he ever does pull a kid from out of state, Derek Rose, for example, you know, yeah. Chris Douglas Roberts, then now you're really rolling, uh, to the point where, you know, so yeah, I mean, you got to give Calipari his due, but hall of fame, like, I mean, yeah, maybe if we're just letting anybody in there now, I mean, well, I mean, he, it's kind of weird that he gets in over a guy like Tom Izzo, who's at Michigan state or, you know, I, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. Uh, I was a little confused about it myself, but, um, anyway, um, I, I could sit here and talk about Calipari all night and I've done it before, but yeah. uh, there are two teams that are actually playing tonight for a title. Uh, we need to honor and respect those, uh, prestigious programs let's start with logan logan give me a prediction and a score for tonight's contest
2: uh i'm going wisconsin they they got too much rolling i think i think they're going to take the momentum uh from the kentucky game and finish up i got them winning by about five like 76 71 Mm. colby
1: yeah i'm I'm gonna go with duke i I think west like we talked about a little bit earlier i think wisconsin that was kind of their championship game and might have a little little letdown tonight and um and and i didn't pick wisconsin make the finals so i kind of go with duke since i had them in the finals
0: also, Kobe's a, a, a closet Duke fanboy. Uh, yeah, I learned that,
2: about I, that. I didn't find out
1: until last week. Yeah, I was kind no, of. I, I used to be a Duke fan. Oh
2: man, you can't used to be uh, nothing. No, there's no used to be nothing. That's garbage. Absolutely. Uh,
0: <laughs> so I'm the tiebreaker, then, huh? Yep. Oh. I got. Gosh, I hate. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna regret it. I, I got to go with Duke, man. I, I think of the parallels. Yes, I think Wisconsin potentially already played their title game. Uh, they're not really used to being on this at this stage before. I mean, I don't think they've ever been to a title. Uh, of course, none of the players have, but you know, I don't think Bo Ryan has either. Uh, you know, in Duke, like there's an, there's a pretty obvious parallel as well. You think back to 2010 when Duke played Butler in the title, uh, close game, great game, a uh, memorable game. Um, but you know, Butler, they, they were playing with house money all the way. They, they slipped past, I think it was Michigan state that year to get in yeah. the final
2: and play Duke. Well, here's, and, uh, here's an interesting stat though about coach K and title games. He mm-hmm. is one and four against number one seeds in the title game. Oh. One of those hey, losses know, coming to Arkansas Razorbacks. I was going to you know who was the
0: number one seed in 1994 and, and,
2: and showed them the door? Yeah, that was Arkansas. us. That was us. Baby. Oh, was us. So, so who's the team he beat? Does I really don't I really don't know. Um, that okay. was. I just saw that on ESPN the other night, so I really have no idea. I just know that he's one and four, and I know that one of those losses is Arkansas. I'll
1: give you another point. Uh, Coach K has won three other national titles in Indianapolis. Yes, he has. And also, uh, Wisconsin, you know, it, it's, we're talking about revenge factor. Duke beat Wisconsin over the season, so, you know, I'm sure there's some motivation to, uh, you know, beat Duke. Did too. they really? Yep.
0: I did not know that. Oh. I'm starting to <laughs> look over mind. here at Decker and Kaminsky now. Hold on a second. Um, so, a no, couple
1: interesting I'm, that works I'm in with Duke.
0: I, I like the way Jaleel Okafor is playing. Uh, he's, he's been arguably the best guy going the entire tournament other than maybe Decker, depending, but I feel like Jaleel Okafor is brought it every night. I'm gonna go with Duke. I'm gonna say it goes to overtime. I'm gonna say Duke 82-79 over Whiskey, and then I, I'll be kicking myself when uh, Mike Shosetsky's holding the trophy up and he's kind of got the tears in his eyes. He's, I'm just so proud of our kids. You know, I'm just extraordinarily proud of our. Uh, I could
2: honestly see Coach K retiring if he wins this game tonight.
0: Man, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it?
2: It would be great. I need him and Donovan and Calipari to go to the NBA. That'd be great. And the SEC get yeah.
0: less learned? Hey, here's the thing. Coach K, uh, you know, he, he's very involved with USA basketball. Him mm-hmm. being in the NBA is not as far-fetched as you might think. Now, I don't think he wants that headache mm-hmm. and the travel, uh, but he's coached professional players before, and they all really look up to and respect him. So yep. um, I think he's too old now to make to make that, that leap. But uh, stranger things have happened.
2: Yeah, I think if he was gonna go, he would went to the Lakers when they offered him a boatload of money that a one time boat. to coach Kobe and them. Kobe no, it, was and Cruz.
0: it was literally a boat. It was a boat made of money, yeah. And it was also <laughs> full of money. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah.
2: Well, we got enough NCA basketball talk for now. Let's get back to some Razorback conversation. We're gonna. Mm. Uh, last week's actually the uh, what three year anniversary of the fabled by Petrino April Fools joke. Um, Kevin Chess. <laughs> so I thought we'd talk about you know. Uh, how I felt that day kind of what that was like and then um maybe talk about you know how we feel about our program now after we've kind of risen from the ashes I'll start with you Colby
1: Oh, it, it was the worst. You know, you first seen all, what happened in the motorcycle. Rack. Of course, we didn't know actually what happened, you know, when right. the, first, the, the motorcycle rack happened. And I was like, look at, you know, Bobby, just to, uh, look at him come in there in the press conference, just owning. He, you know, he's clearly in pain with the neck brace on. Still <laughs> Yeah, you go like, gosh, what, you know, what a badass, you know. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, later we found out and I was like, gosh. And so, I don't know, it, it was just, it was, you know, it was just horrible time, you know, as an Arkansas fan, you know, you're kind of at your peak and, you know, what we as fans have been as far as uh, football. And then it kind of just comes crashing down literally and figuratively. And then, so, I don't know. And as far as, you know, you know, I think we're, you know, right back on track. We have probably more of a foundation with Brett Bielema now. And, you know, it seems like everything's coming, you know, it took a while and it, it looked like it, it when John L Smith would never get back on track as a football program, but it looks like things are, Finally, on you know, you know, trending upwards with the football program. And so I don't know. I, I, it was a tough time. But, you know, I'm glad to, it seems like it's been forever ago. It seems like it's been 10, 15 years ago, but it's only been been three years. So
2: I'm still um, amazed that Bobby Petrino got up there and did that press conference <laughs> like and just flat out lied to everybody. Where's I
0: his mean, agent? Who's advising him in this situation?
2: Like, I have no idea, because, like, he has to figure out that somebody's going to realize what actually happened, right? Like, I guess he just assumed that they were going to cover it up, which, again, in SEC football, that's kind of a safe assumption for some teams. But um, it didn't happen. <laughs> and, I mean, I just I can't believe he actually got up there and said what he said, like, just flat-out lied to everybody. I,
1: I'm sure somebody advised him not to, but he's like, I'm Bobby Petrino. I can do what I want.
2: I you can know. actually see Petrino saying that. They'll, they'll cover for me. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Fine. I'm going to wear look, my Sugar Bowl hat, and it's going to be fine. It.
0: They're going to pull the good old boy for me. Uh, yeah, yeah he had to assume. He had he's, to assume.
2: He's wearing that Sugar Bowl hat, and it's been like two seasons ago. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> he wanted yeah, to was...
1: remember when it came out. You know, hey, look what I just did.
2: Yeah, he's like, hey, I took you guys to the BCS. Don't
0: forget and then we just won the Cotton Bowl three months ago, so you know, take it easy. Yeah, he had that that's all I can think of. I mean, how what a circus though, by the way. Like and I think I even told you all the time, what is it with Arkansas football and just having the craziest coaching situations in the world? I mean, if you look back over time, since Frank Broyles you had Lou Holtz who was constantly at war with Frank Brolls and got actually took the Minnesota job to get away from Frank? Okay, Minnesota, cold freaking Minnesota.
2: <laughs> Frank loves a, to run some coaches off. Let me tell you. Frank loves well, and
0: again that transitions into Ken Hatfield. So here's the thing: at the time when Cat, Ken Hatfield was winning ball, nine and ten ball games a year in the Southwest Conference two years in a row, people forgot about Lou Holtz because they're like, oh man, he upgraded us. But then he ran Hatfield off. <laughs> so he runs Hatfield off. He goes to Clemson. We hire Jack Crow. Of course you oh, know about the Jack Air Crow, Crow situation. Air Crow, you know about that situation, okay? Um you know, so much to the point where we lose the, to the Citadel and Frank skips church that Sunday morning after the Citadel loss so he can get funds together to, to fire Crow because he knows he's gotta do that now. You got J- Joe Kynes. you got Danny Ford who is a debacle, you know, way past his prime. You got hey, Houston Nutt and that's
2: an title game, baby.
0: So <laughs> did Houston Nutt twice. Oh, What's God. your point? What's your point? Uh Again, Houston Nut. All everything that transpired while he was here. You had the Springdale saga. You had the uh, the Donna Bragg situation. You had the way he left. Then you've got Petrino. Here's the thing: if I'm Brett Bielema, isn't Arkansas football almost like the house in the Amityville Horror?
1: Where
0: like if you become like like even Brett, who seems like a stand up guy, like a good guy, family guy, loves his wife, you know, got dogs and stuff, you know, works hard. (laughs) Don't you feel like if you're Brett Bielema, like you got to rolling at Wisconsin, like, do you want to go to Arkansas where something terrible is going to change in your personality as soon as you become, like, have some success in fame? Well, like the
2: thing. The lucky, the lucky thing is I don't ever see him leaving Jen or cheating on Jen, like, ever.
1: And, why would you? I mean, I mean why would you? Mrs. Yeah, coach. I don't yeah. understand. You've seen yeah. this as coach, yeah. so don't, so then, don't jinx us, guys. I wonder, if yeah, Jeff right, actually,
2: yeah. I wonder if that was one of Jeff Long's criteria. How bad is his wife? Like, on a, <laughs> it's got to be at least a nine <laughs> or we're not going because, like, he's going to run off on his wife.
0: That's a good point, you know, and I mean, and the women that uh, occupy Fayetteville are also of a high caliber. So, you know, I could see where that's a, uh, you What's know, uh, well, high caliber. Yeah, exactly. Something you got to watch out for. Uh, like I said, uh, as for, state of the program, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a long two years, let's be honest. Between the John L season and uh, Brett's first year, I, I, I'm not going to lie, as recently as the week before the LSU game, I was – Struggling to see the the light at the end of the tunnel, like I was like craning my neck, I was like a giraffe, <laughs> I was like I was like man, is it ever going to end? Like how many licks can we take? Uh, we've just been extraordinarily blessed and uh, lucky to get a guy like Brett Bilma, who is a tireless worker, a good guy, a good football coach. Uh, and again, those two years, I'd love to have those two years back or something like that. You know, there at the time, I was just delirious with patri- with the in the during the Patrino era because. I was like, man, can they just suspend him for the year and bring him back? Like, can he still recruit? Like, I just, I just, I didn't want to lose him because he did so many good things for us. And you know, and he's certain. I mean, that hasn't changed. Obviously, he was a great coach and is still a great coach. But I, I just, man, you know, you look back and uh, I, I don't know. It, it was crazy. It's, it was a crazy situation. Uh, I'll never forget the good times that we had. I'll always be appreciative of them. You know, I've told y'all before. 2009 was the last year I was at UCA in the fall, and I. I went to more Razorback home games than than ever, you know, just because I was so close and, um, uh, you know, it's like I, it was a great time. Like I, I love Ryan Mallett, I loved I loved all those guys, you know, Niall Davis, but just um, you know, the, the good time, you know, the BCS and the Cotton Bowl and all that. But uh, you know, when a guy gets to that to that point where he just thinks he's above the law, I mean, it probably is time to to cut bait and move on. And now I understand why I always understood why they did it, but now I'm almost glad that they did it because uh, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in. I'm a believer, so.
2: <laughs> I'm a believer.
0: Uh, yeah, I, mean, you
2: know, I, I agree. I mean, that 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 day was like um, the worst April Fool's joke ever. I know my brother-in-law. He he texted me. It was like, man, BP got in a car crash or a, a motorcycle crash, and I just laughed at him. I'm like, dude, stop you're crazy. lying, man. It's April first, dude. What are you doing, Matt? Stop yeah. being a dummy. And then uh, you know, it was all over ESPN, and I see the the fabled neck brace and sugar bowl hat, and and Logan's her, like, man,
0: they're really going far with this April yeah, Fool's this joke. A, this is a
2: really they're going deep into this thing, man. And yeah, I mean. I mean, I, can't, I still can't believe you lied like that in the press conference. I mean, there's no way Jeff could have kept him after that. Even even after finding out about the money, that press conference alone was like, it would have made Jeff Long look like an idiot. And let me tell you, Jeff Long is not like looking like an idiot at all.
0: You don't clown on Jeff Long. No, you and don't also, clown on Jeff Long. I also wonder, too, did it make it easier knowing that he had connections with a guy like Brett and, uh, you know what I mean? And, again, you got to give Petrino credit for resurrecting the program to the point where we could get a big name like Brett Bielema, but – um, I feel like Jeff's just an easy guy to work with, and I feel like that probably worked in his favor too. You know, it's easier to to cut a guy like Petrino loose if you know that, hey, you know I've got credibility with other great coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah.
2: I do think that helped, and uh, obviously Petrino raising the program to all new heights. I mean, 2009 through 2011 were like some of the greatest football like I've ever watched. Honestly, um, that helped a lot. But Jeff Long being our AD also obviously helped a lot. Brett said that was almost entirely why he came just to work with a guy like Jeff. And obviously Jeff's got huge amount of prestige in the, in the college football community. I mean, he's the, the, the director of the college playoff committee. Um, so, I mean, I think that helped a lot too.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and again, like I said, they, and give Jeff long credit. I mean, here's the thing that was not a popular decision when he made it still not a popular decision in some necks of the woods. Um, but here's the thing he gets paid the big bucks to make those decisions and uh, that's the thing. Like it's, it wouldn't easy to maintain the status quo. Like I've thought about it. Like yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. Oh, you couldn't have kept him. I don't know, man. There are some people, some big money people that at the time that would have said, "Oh, boys will be boys." You know, you know. Um, but give credit to Jeff for, I mean, really doing the right thing.
2: I mean, the, and, le- uh, the legality behind it too. I mean, he gave, like. He gave her money, like, like just right. straight up, and gave her the job, too. Like, the money wasn't as bad, but gave her the job. Right, the that money,
0: was, I can give money to whoever I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can was give the, $20 out of my wallet right
1: now. I'm I mean, there, not.
2: Was a, there was 100 people that applied for that same job, and he and he gave it to his girlfriend, so. It's a bad yeah. look. It's a real bad look.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of people thought it was more the, the fair and stuff, but it was more the money. I mean, Jeff Long, clearly you could tell he was just, he was trying to find any way to keep him, but, you know, I think every way it he looked, he's like, I have to, you know, I have to let this guy go.
2: Yeah. I also think he tried to work with him too. I know he talked to him, you know, there was always this fabled conversation that they had together. We don't know what exactly happened. Um, but I guess Jeff was trying to maybe find a way to keep him, but Petrino really didn't want to work with him. That was kinda that was kind of the talk, you know, that was going around. I've heard that as well. During that time. Obviously nobody knows besides Jeff and Bobby, mm-hmm. but I mean I could see Petrino's ego being like, Hell no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go coach at, you know, western Kentucky and do what I do. And
0: and, and they'll be glad to have me.
2: Yeah.
1: And you definitely can't blame Long then if you know if he tried to, to talk with Petrino about, you know, coming up with some way to keep him, you know, you definitely can't blame him then. Yeah. But Absolutely. then
2: we end up losing Petrino and getting Jeff Long and losing to Louisiana Monroe. Mean, <laughs> El- El- of, yeah. I
1: mean There were all sorts
0: of John Ellsmith. If you think about it, that was really the was that the most bizarre year in college football history? Like, like let's be honest. Let's look at from January one of that year, because I think the Cotton Bowl that year was on the 3rd of the 4th of January. Logan, you win, so yep. you probably know better than... Yeah, it was um, All right, so really top of the world, right? Like, yep. I mean, it wasn't a BCS Bowl, but it might as well have been because Kansas State was very quite good that year. They had the, the Colin Klein. Colin had the, Klein. Uh, so, so let's be honest. It wasn't a BCS Bowl technically, but it was a, a bowl win over a top-ten team, which is the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of yep. the day... so. And you, you think everything's trending upward, right? you got Tyler Wilson coming back. you got Player. you got Kobe back in the Niall mix. Davis. Ni- Niall Davis. Nile Davis. And you're looking ahead. You're like, oh, man, we could do – this can be an every-year thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so then, then Bobby gets flung off the, the back of the bike or, or beat up by uh, – Probably beat by up by a, the boyfriend. <laughs> might have been beat up by the boyfriend. I didn't see the guy. Like I don't know how big he was. But, you know, Bobby's not a real big guy either. He kind of had small man syndrome <laughs> um, to, if, if you ask me. Uh, so then you have John L. Smith's clown act involved – just, just an all-time terrible season, and then you end up hiring Brett Bielema, a huge name, huge, still a huge name, in December of that year. I nominate that as the strangest year in college football history, and I don't think anybody can top it. I'm just being honest.
2: No, when you hire a clown as a head coach, I think it's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to top that. Like We just picked up Bozo the Clown from the three-ring circus down the street. <laughs> And just said, "Hey,
0: get out there, go out there and get it." You know, seriously.
2: Look, there's no reason we shouldn't have got a bowl game that year. We had enough talent to get a bowl game. Like and the SEC
0: been, wasn't what it is now. No, either. it's
2: not. We could have gotten six and six, dude. Like there's, we had Kobe Hamilton, Nile Davis, Tyler Wilson. We had a pretty, pretty decent offense overall. I mean, a lot of it came back, but I mean, Chris Gregg. Chris Gregg was still there. I mean, yep. there's no reason we shouldn't have won six uh-huh. games. There's no reason.
0: Exactly, and again, I think that would have given people you. You would have said, "Okay, we underachieved, but we knew that was going to happen. We still got a bowl; that's still fun." Mm-hmm. But to plummet out like that, it, uh, terrible, J- just a terrible time. Uh, the other, uh, the, the the best moment I have at the Trino era, not the best, probably the, the most embarrassing. Uh, Logan and I went to the uh, spring game in twenty eleven, uh, the, the year of the Cotton Bowl, <laughs> and uh, we were in the end zone by the uh, of Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and we're sitting there hanging out or whatever, and I just like. We were with Kevin and uh, Aaron Carter, too. And, like, I was just – I was going to look on the field and look around. And I look up on top of the, the, the Broils complex. And there's Bobby M.F. Petrino, like, just in there chilling, overlooking the thing. So
2: for some reason, you know, like I'm like, Bobby! <laughs> Charlie's like uh, a, like a schoolgirl at a One Direction concert, by the way. He's like, Bobby! I love you so much! That's
0: what makes you beautiful.
2: <laughs> like he was like fangirling hard, and Bobby wasn't even close to him. He was a solid like seventy-five yards man. away.
0: He was not studying me. I actually called out to him twice, and the second time he kind of waved like a half wave, and I was just, I glow. I was like, oh yeah, he waved at me. Holler at your boy. Like let me but tell you, like,
2: I'm embarrassed on, about Chuck on like a daily basis, but that was like the most that's embarrassed I've ever been. <laughs> that's
0: a lie. You're lying. You're, you're lying your teeth off right now. You're Love lying, you, Chuck. To you. Love you, Chuck. Uh, no, that actually happened. All that's extremely accurate. Like he 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 ignored the first one, okay? Because he's just like, all right, surely this grown man's not going to call out to me. <laughs> no, nope, there he goes. He's calling out to me again. <laughs> Let me just throw him away so he'll stop talking to me. I don't want to mess with this peasant. <laughs> um, and that's exactly how that was the uh <laughs> that was the sort of that was him being excited about it. You know, he he was very annoyed, but uh. You know, so it was a good time. You know, we had good times. We're going to have good good times are coming back, though. And, uh, you know, Bobby's at Louisville, so they, they uh-huh. sort of deserve each other as well.
2: <laughs> I've got one last question before we leave and go on yes. um, about Bobby. Well, not really about Bobby, but about that season afterwards, I guess. What's the worst loss, you guys think, ULM or the Citadel? Because we mentioned the Citadel game as well in this in this episode so far. I'll start with Colby.
1: The ULM because the, I, I don't really remember the Citadel. Um, I really wasn't. I don't remember it either of all. But- uh, then as I am now, but the ULM, it was just like we were expecting a good season. We had a couple. We played some non-conference games, either one or two before, and I was like, you know, we're not looking that great. But we'll get together. We're getting ready for Alabama, and then we'll just <laughs> lose it. I mean, it is the worst.
0: Well, and also being in control of that game hurt as well. We were up 28-7. I'll never forget it. And, like, I was at a friend of mine's house because I didn't have ESPN U at, at my home at the time. So he's like, oh, yeah, come on over. We'll, we'll, we'll watch uh, that in the Georgia game, you know, side by side. And I said, okay. And we watched it, and I'm going to be honest with you. When we got 28-7, I, you know, I started – we didn't look good at all. We didn't look sharp. Uh, but we were going to win the game, right? Um, I actually kind of stopped watching. I was texting Logan and Colby a little bit, and, like, we got in, got got into it. And I remember I, I even talked to my dad at one point. He, he was at work. He didn't see the game. And I was like, ah, eh, we're up 28-7, 28-14. We don't look good. And uh, I, I checked back in, and, like, Ulm's driving. They're in the red zone. It's 28-21, and I'm like, hold on a freaking second. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, I seriously, like, I I almost never do that. Like, but I did, and like, I couldn't even tell you like what happened. I remember how they tied the game, and I remember how they how they scored in overtime to win the game. Um, and it's got to be the Citadel. I mean, here's the thing. That was Crow's third season. It was our first year in the SEC. They were a Division one AA school. Uh, no reason we should have even been involved in the game. I mean, it's, it was the, it was a season opener, so we had all summer to get ready for that one game, okay? And here's the thing. That team had talent, too. People forget this now, but after we fired – after we removed the Crow Cancer, which is what I call him, <laughs> um, after we removed him, uh, Joe Kynes came in and circled the wagons, and we beat South Carolina 45-7 to the very next week. Um, so – Like I said, South Carolina was going through the same SEC learning curve that we were, but a 38-point learning curve. Like There was talent on that team, and we even beat LSU that year as well, and Tennessee in Knoxville on the last second, and they were ranked in the top five. Um, So that team had some talent. Uh, as did 08, obviously. 08 probably had more talent, but ULM, they're just a scrappy and technically Tyler did get knocked out in that game if you remember. Yeah, remember. they threw they
2: threw Brandon to the fire. And by the way, that was my yeah. worst. That was the like literal most craziest thing about that game. We got Brandon Allen in as a freshman. And we're <laughs> like just guns, the pill. we're gunslinging the ball. Like if we had to just ran Nile Davis into the ground that game, we'd have win the game easily. Like I think he's twenty eight fourteen. I think it. he I think he threw the ball twenty times. Maybe not exactly twenty, but he threw the ball a lot.
0: And I think he was about 5 of 20, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have a great – well, again, he's a true freshman. Like I said, he, you know, I'm obviously a big critic of Brandon, but true well, freshman, can we, first can we game.
2: Say, can we talk about this? His first two games he loses to ULM and, uh, and gets totally curb-stomped by Alabama. Like, what does that do to your psyche? You know what I mean? That's <laughs>
1: probably a lot of problems right, he has yeah. now is from them two games.
2: I mean, they, they, Papa Traynor just threw him out there. It's like, here you go, boy, I better sling it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Chaney-esque, it was Chaney-esque, right? Like, yeah, that was even worse than Chaney, and I hate Chaney more than anything. And I, I mean, that's just really dumb. Good. That's just stupidity.
0: Because here's the thing, you've got a young guy that's never taken a snap in a game, you're, you're throwing him out to the wall, that's just terrible. You know, that was, uh, yeah, or, or you hand it off. Like I said, you shorten the game and you get out of there, especially with the shaky defense that we had that year. I mean, they scored
2: uh, with like 48 seconds left to tie it up or something, look. right? I mean, it wasn't a lot of time. You run the ball like six times of those 20 passes and you probably win the game.
0: And you at least escape with a 28 21 win. You can tell your fans, look, we won the game. Our quarterback got knocked out. Like we, we did our best. You know, I mean, you can spend that, but you can't spend that loss. But I say the Citadel just for those reasons. And it was just, it started off our, our time in the SEC on maybe the all time worst note of all time. So, Logan, what do you think?
2: I have to go ULM just because I know nothing about the Citadel game at all. Okay. I mean, the ULM game for me, we were ranked number eight in the country, and hype was at an alt I mean, it was we were still hype. even after Petrino got fired. We were all very happy and excited yeah. about the season, and I mean, it just all came tumbling down so fast. Like I've never, I've never been like, like the high and low was so quick. Like I went from like being so excited for the season to start to being like. I really need this to end and John L. to be fired right now, like today. So
0: he can move on with his debts and things like yes, that. Yes, just go
2: home, John L. We'll figure something out. This is horrible.
0: So uh, we're on the football kicks. So we might as well move into spring football. Spring football, did it kick off two
2: weeks ago, Coles? Yeah, I think so. I think it started like – I think it was two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, something like that. So, uh, you know, spring football is really rounding into shape. And we got Colby here. He's been, he's been monitoring it really quick. Colby, what's been happening at spring practices?
1: Well, the first thing I think we kind of all noticed is when they released the depth chart, they kind of moved some positions and a little bit with the offensive line. They moved Kirkland to left tackle and they moved Skipper to right tackle and then Ragnow to right guard and probably makes a more athletic line. I, I noticed some people were saying Enos has run some screens, which we never seen any screens last year. And then, and then on the linebacking crew, Ellis moved outside linebacker and then Josh Williams took over as. As the Mike linebacker, and then I think Hackett's the other starting outside linebacker. So, what do y'all think about some of these position changes? Or, I mean, I know they're still an the offensive line, they're still linebackers, but what do you think about some of these changes?
0: Well, I think it's the time to do it. You know, if you feel like you, uh, again, I, I trust Brett in this situation. I, you know, if he feels like they could benefit the team, then I'm for it. I think it's interesting that you've got some pretty key pieces from the last two years, right? Like moving positions. You know, you're talking about. Brooks Ellis, you know, moving outside linebacker, but again, he was sort of—I never thought he had the range to play middle linebacker anyway. I thought he yeah, was a, a little, you know, yeah, maybe a better fit on the outside. Almost overqualified to play outside linebacker instead of being maybe not qualified enough to play middle linebacker. Just like he's just not as fast as some of the other guys, but he's in the right place a lot of times, so uh, I like that. The offensive line, you know, obviously that's a that's a situation, you know, that that's sort of Brett's uh, bread and butter, you know, if he. If he thinks that could help the team, that's fine. You know, I, I, don't, I don't admit to – I don't claim to know a lot about offensive line play. So, you know, hey, I, I'm for it. You know, I thought the offensive line played well last year. Um, but, you know, if you got some tweaks, you got some recruits in that, you know, are pushing, hey, you know, I'm all for it. So,
2: Yeah, I think the most uh, excited I was, I saw that Froholt and Ledbetter looking like they could play like right now, like starting positions, actually. And I thought that was super exciting because I know we talked to Froholt, you know, just a few months ago, and uh, it's just exciting to see him being so successful right now. Um, and he looks huge. Did you guys see the pictures of him, man? He looks yeah, like a huge. monster, like a monster. So that's exciting. I mean, it's it's going to be really good to have that depth this year. I mean, I know last year we still had some depth, but we had a lot of young guys too. I know our strength last year was probably our offensive line still, but they're even going to be better this year with even more depth. So I'm very, very excited about it.
1: And Brett Beal, like, you know, he's talking on uh, after the scrimmage on Saturday that he was saying that, he thought this defensive line I don't know if he said it was maybe better or just overall better or what because he said they can go they have two or three deep where they didn't have it last year so you're maybe looking at the Mississippi State last year they had you know eight guys that can go in or out at you know or ten guys that can go in or out at any time so maybe you know Spate said he thought the defense would be improved I don't know if, I don't think they can get you know tens it's hard to improve from the number 10 defense overall last year but you know, I'm starting to feel more encouraged like this team, this defense can be pretty close to the word last year because the secondary is kind of coming along, uh, the linebacker crew, I think, uh, you know, with Hackett uh, kind of coming along, he's kind of was taken under Spate's wing uh, this last year, as has said, and I think Hackett even said that, you know, he's really starting to hit the game film and everything, so maybe this is, the linebacker crew is maybe a little deeper than it was last year, secondary is definitely deeper than it was last year, and so, in the defensive line, so maybe, you know, overall, maybe the defense is going to be, you know, better.
2: Yeah, I think uh, one of the best things I also saw out of Ugly Uncle's notes that he posted the other day was uh, he was talking about the secondary and how they kind of have a swagger about them. Like Demetrius Dean's kind of like becoming the leader and they they have some swag and I, I really appreciate that because I remember I mean this is obviously different because it was the offensive side of the ball but those receivers that we had you know from the Warren boys and Joe and Joe Adams they had a swag about them and you could I mean it made a difference on the field they knew they were gonna they knew they were good and they knew they were gonna score so I mean if they can bring that kind of swagger to the defensive side of the ball I cannot wait to see it. Cannot we? And it seems right, like this.
1: Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go. I was going to say right. Enos has seemed like he's brought in, uh, you know, they talked about when they brought in uh, Coach Smith, the coach of defense, that it seemed like, uh, you know, they they the terminology went down a little bit and they made things a little easier and let the players make plays. And it seems like Enos is doing that to the offensive side. They said, I, I know a bunch of players said his, he's just easier to understand. I know he's working more with the quarterback. So I'm, I'm hoping to see kind of a big turnaround in the offense this year.
0: Yeah, the thing I'm interested – you know, obviously the Razorbacks lost some pretty big names on defense last year. Martrell Spate, Trey Flowers, uh, Darius Filon, guys like this. Um, And obviously it's hard to replace those guys. But I think the other problem that we had last year was uh, not being deep enough. I think we saw it against Texas A&M. I think we saw it against Missouri when we weren't able to move the ball. Um, I think the problem – you know, so – I, I could see that being a situation where those two sort of cancel each other out. So maybe we don't have that one dominant guy this year. Uh, although I, I do like Brooks Ellis and I do like guys on the you know defensive line uh, stepping in. Uh, but now if you're able to, to you know rotate in eight or nine defensive backs and you know a few linebackers even to keep your guys fresh, well you know, maybe, maybe you're just as effective. And again, how much of it was Rob Smith? You know, he kept Rob Smith in the fold second year in the scheme for the defense. I think those are all things too, that could really come in. You know, so it, yeah, I don't think they'll fall off as much as I originally did when we lost those players. I feel like they could with uh, more quality bodies, instead of just having regular guys, I think that's could benefit us. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to think about topping last year because we were so effective defensively, but um, I could see him still being in the same stratosphere, anyway.
1: So, yeah, and Bila made a good comment, or the comment I was—I think I texted y'all about it—that he said that you know he's like no doubt about it, this is a good team, and I might be mistaken, but I never heard him say anything like that. He's always saying we're one or two recruiting classes away. I mean, of course, I know he don't—he this is not the best year. He's probably going to have is next year. I don't, and I don't think he thinks that, but he's starting to see you know, hey, well, we're a good team when you start competing and uh with the big boys now and then you know of course the next year or two we're still gonna bring some more pieces and hopefully build on that but i mean this is i think he's finally got his team
2: yeah i also think uh one of the guys that i was that i've heard i haven't watched a practice yet um but i did see one of the guys that also was getting some praise was jojo robinson um and we all know how much we need some kind of help at wide receiver so everybody seems like he just looks like one of the best receivers out there so that's very promising to see so hopefully he can keep his off the field issues at a minimum and stay with the team i know he had some problems early on but uh, he'd be a, he would contribute immediately probably if he gets it together from what i've heard and seen
1: yeah, Bela made actually made a comment and said he was really getting his act together and said he actually made a, a 90 on a test. And I don't know if grades was his problem, but he said he made a 90 on a test in a class he was uh, struggling with. And he was really excited about it. And it seems like he's really starting to get things together and maturing. So hopefully that continues talk about players that had trouble. Um, Kendrick Edwards and uh, Anthony Brown uh, seem like they can still make the team, but they're kind of on the outside looking in and have a lot of work to do. And, uh, a couple of South Florida kids, or t- I think they're both from Florida, uh, some problems. So, I mean, I don't know. It's three Florida kids that you can't, we've kind of seen some problems with. So, hopefully, that's not a trend.
2: Did yeah, we d- just throw shade at Florida? He did. He just threw total shade at him.
1: Arrgh.
2: But, no, I agree because we, we definitely need to keep recruiting that, you know. Florida's obviously a hotbed of talent, so we need to keep going there. But if we're going to get a bunch of troublemakers, it's not going to really do us any good. Um, kicking them off the team is obviously going to be a detriment to us as well. So
1: but we've had a lot of, Belem has had a lot of kids from South Florida on this team that hasn't caused any problems. Such as Gun Collins and, um, you know, Merrick seems like a great kid and there, you know, a bunch of others that you know have heard anything about. It's just, you know, the uh, these last few, these last few players.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year because we're so far from football, but. There's stuff going on. They had they had a uh, scrimmage the other day. I didn't seem really. I didn't catch any details from that. I don't know if y'all did or not. But uh, obviously, the big scrimmage is going to be on April. What was it? 25th Saturday in Fayetteville. Yep. Uh, so that'll be very exciting. I think we're sort of in talks to maybe make something happen that weekend. Uh, I know Logan said he wants to go as a Colby. So uh, if we're able to make it a hog cast. Uh, get-together, hey, you know, we, we might, might just do that. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll let y'all buy us some steaks or something because you enjoy you go. the show so much. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, I, I, I'd eat a steak that was paid for by a listener. How about you?
2: I mean, I think I would.
1: I'd take any free steak. Oh, I'd say any free steak. I mean. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, man. Well, I guess also we can touch on baseball real quick. I know that uh, obviously the Hogs won a series against Ole Miss, and we also beat uh, Auburn two out of three. Auburn yeah here recently so things are picking up for the hogs i think we're at 500 right now 15 and 15 is that right
0: Uh, sounds close i
2: think we're right at 500 or pretty close to it so hopefully we get it turned around i did see where one of our catchers actually uh got uh i guess not dismissed from the team but he got i don't know what to call it he's he's been having concussion problems so um he's not gonna be playing anymore it looks like i forgot his name but i saw van horn talk about it today um so that's kind of disappointing but hopefully we get it turned around i know Obviously, the the beginning of the schedule was front loaded pretty hard with series against you know Vanderbilt and, and LSU, so it's good to see us finally getting some success. There. Well,
0: I'm I'm actually glad you said that. The Hogs are 16 and 15 and five and seven in the conference. Uh, you know, five and seven is not much to write home about, but they're um they they're actually in third, tied for third in the West right now. A uh, and at the top at nine and two. LSU's eight and four, and then you've got Ole Miss and Arkansas tied at five and seven. So,
2: yeah, and um, actually the number one team in the country right now.
0: Right. So we'll, we'll get the pleasure of seeing them again later in the season. So um, I'm glad you brought up the front-loaded schedule because you know I think a lot of people were sort of I don't want to say jumping off the ledge or anything like that, but they uh, obviously anytime you lose what five out was it five out of six? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite yeah. a few. Yeah. Anytime you lose five out of six to to anybody in the conference, you start to get worried. But you know those teams are just on a different level than Arkansas right now. And uh, you know I said Trey Killian, he was trying to pitch back into shape that we know you know we know he's capable of and things like that. There are a lot, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so I would argue that those are sort of the series you don't mind like having injuries again because like you know it's going to be so tough to win those series anyway. Uh, and now you really need to take care of business against the teams that you're. That you should take care of business against, which they've done the last two weeks against Ole Miss and Auburn. So uh, that's a nice run. If they keep trending upward, that, that's not a, that's not going to be a bad deal. Uh, still have a lot of faith in in Coach Van Horn. He got his 500th victory on uh, after Sunday's win against Auburn, which is a pretty significant milestone. And uh, he hasn't forgotten how to coach baseball. It's just it's going to be one of those things where it sounds like the SEC is just stacked. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just how it's going to be sometimes.
2: <laughs> per, per usual SEC stats yeah. in baseball. Baseball's brutal, just about as brutal as, as football, honestly.
0: Pretty close, anyway. Colby, what do you think about the baseball team?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's it seems like they're starting to put, it, you know, things together and whatnot. Killian's kind of coming back to, to full form. And a kind of interesting thing is Arkansas hadn't won a series against Auburn since 2008, which, which is kind of weird because Auburn's not really that great of a baseball team. And then Arkansas has been really good the past, you know, for, for a while and so that just was kind of interesting thing that I, I caught and then it caught me off guard when I was watching the baseball game on Sunday so it was nice for them to win back to back series they almost they came really close to sweeping they uh, actually were tied in the bottom of the ninth and uh, the, I forgot who the pitcher was but it might have been stone he walked a batter and then hit two straight batters in a row to walk in or walk in the final run so um, so they're really close to you know getting the sweep and hopefully they continue I don't who did do they got next Deano?
0: Uh, Let me look at the schedule here. Saturdays,
1: maybe.
0: I do not see. I see a box score. I don't see the uh, upcoming schedule yet. So, um, I'm sure it's available somewhere. But um, it's not something you want to be looking for. It uh, well, the thing you got to remember about Auburn baseball for those years—that's when I was managing the team. So that's why they're so, so such a tough out because uh, and then this year I gave it up finally, and and of course you know now the Razorbacks are back on top. So
2: yeah, we got uh, we got Mississippi Valley State uh, Tuesday mm. and Wednesday, and then we play Kentucky this weekend.
0: So ooh, Kentucky! Now the Wildcats are four and seven mm-hmm. in the conference and eighteen and thirteen overall. So. Uh, they're currently sixth in the S- in the SEC East, uh, half a game, just a half a game ahead of Tennessee. So you know the Razorbacks they can really make up some ground playing these bottom feeders from the other division. Uh, and also it seems like the powers in the West this year, like just yep. you know you look at the polls and things like that. I mean you've got Missouri coasting along in second in the East right now. They're eight and four, but you know I don't think a lot of people think about Missouri baseball mm-hmm. um, unless you're like a Cardinal fan, and you know in which case I've you know. Whatever that's that's your choice, man. <laughs> but like, um, you know. But anyway, they. Uh, I'm not even gonna open up that can of worms. No, but, that's uh, a different show. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that'll be the Hogcast uh, After Dark. That, that'll be. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. So obviously they're trying to turn on a little bit. That's a good thing. Um, and uh, it's about time. You know, not a moment too soon, especially in baseball where you. It's really more of a sprint than anything. I mean, it is a marathon, but when you've got these SEC uh, weekend conference uh, series every every weekend, like you can. Make a good. You can go on a pretty good run, or you can lose ground in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You know the Razorbacks they lost ground those first two weeks, and now they're trying to sort of dig out. Um, and uh, you know the possibilities will be there. They just have to hang in there and uh, get some guys ingrained in some uh, roles. Sound like, seem like they're swinging the bats better too. Scored six runs against Auburn and uh, and lost a game. Colby, they scored how many runs in that? The night before, lost three to two. So you know that yeah. that was one where that you know offense struggled a little bit. So just get more consistent at the plate, which I feel like is a, a pretty regular refrain for the Hogs at this time. Um, the last couple of years, baseball anyway. So yeah, it feels like our um, bats are
2: better than normal, at least lately. I know we played a lot, right. ton of small, a small ball in the past with, with the dominant pitching staffs we've had, but um, outside of Killian, I don't really know we have a dominant pitcher like we, no- we normally have. Just a staff full of just aces. You know, yeah. we had a. Uh, Baxingdale and uh, I can't remember the guy's name. was Keichel. Keichel was good. There was the guy with the blonde Smiley. Smiley was good. The Smiley. guy with the blonde hair it was really good. Brett Eibner was involved. I can't uh, remember the guy's name. Blonde hair guy was amazing. I can't think of his name. He was like two years ago. He was good. But uh, we got Kentucky at home. And then we gotta go. The next series on the weekend is against A and M at A and M. So. Oh, mercy. So that'll be a good game to keep a keep an eye on, that, kind of game. That'll be a good measuring stick yeah, right there. Exactly. I need to get
1: at least two out of three from Kentucky. Hopefully a sweep, and then at least when one gets A M. and You know. And try to keep seconds. pace. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, guys, I guess we can kind of cap the proceedings off with a little bit of hog hoops. Obviously, we're still in the dark about the. Uh, and I, I got a picture texted me during the show from Colby. Um. You know the status of uh, Michael Qualls and Bobby Portis is still up in the air, um, which personally I think is a good thing. Uh, but I'll let y'all explain your side of it. Uh, somebody want to tell me uh, again? Uh, how do you? You know, have you seen anything? Heard anything? Colby, tell me about this picture you've texted me uh, um. since we've been on the air.
1: I was just looking at Twitter and somebody had a picture of you know it was it showed Bobby Portis and uh, Michael Quals uh, with the team. Don't you blame uh,
0: this on somebody else, Colby? <laughs> uh, well, don't they're with the,
1: the team, you know, in a huddle, uh, you know, breaking the huddle. So, um, you know, I don't know if it really means anything. I'm sure they'd be there practicing anyways, but uh, since they haven't made their decision and they're practicing with the team, that's, that can't be a bad sign. Sure. You know, uh, with the Razorbacks and everything. So, I don't know. I, I, I guess before. I know I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, they're definitely not coming back. And I kind of get about 75% not coming back. And then I get about 75%, you know, I think they're going to come back. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, you you can look at anything. Of course, you know, anytime uh, people take Twitter, you know, they'll look at Twitter and, like, any tweet, they're like, oh, that means they're not coming back or that means they're coming back. So they had a couple of tweets this weekend. It was kind of funny reading some of the message boards, and everybody's like, yeah, they're definitely not coming back. That tweet definitely means it's going. The one about Portis working.
0: Uh, working hard to make a tough yeah. decision or so. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: so all that's so thought that, that was funny. And I just, I just think overall, you know, it's funny how you see tweets and, you know, even, you know, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. And you, you take it the wrong way. And it's probably not even about, you know, of course, Portis is, I think was about a decision, but you'll see tweets and they're probably not even about the sport, you know, in general. And they're probably about some, you know, a girl or something and people take the wrong way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Somebody retweeting a booty got me, like, meme or something like that,
1: and it's like, oh, that means he's definitely going to
0: the Trailblazers. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) The Trailblazers? What do you think?
2: I think think we keep one and one goes. One goes and one stays. Um, Somebody actually just tweeted that's allegedly a friend of Portis that people's all getting crazy about. Uh, He's a friend of Portis, and he says he's going. So, Mm. I don't know. That's not been confirmed or anything, and I'm sure it's going to end up being a rumor, but... Take it for what there's that's Logan, worth.
0: There's Logan breaking news again, boy.
2: Yeah, because Nick Mason was researching it because he knows that guy knows Portis. But the guy deleted his tweet, and Nick's saying he doesn't know if it's true or not. So we don't know anything definitive, but that's kind of a sad sign. Um, so I don't know. It'd be good to keep one. I still, I've still, i always said that. If we can keep one, preferably Portis, honestly, I think we'll be all right. A uh, little bit easier to replace Qualls, but... Uh, I can see a situation where they both go, they both stay. One stays. You know, it, anything can happen. Honestly, right now, it's just depending on who's in their ears and what they're what they're hearing and kind of what they just what they're wanting to decide. You know, we'll just find out soon, another week or so.
0: Yeah. Also, a uh, uh, Nick Bab, uh, shooting guard. He he left the program. Uh, what was the reason given? Did we?
2: Did I heard we he was homesick been? a little bit. and I actually saw a lot of controversy <laughs> on Hogville about this. Actually, talking about how Larry Brown kind of gave his recruiting pitch uh, after the loss against arkansas actually um in dallas he, yeah he kind of said look uh, nick bad doesn't even play for arkansas at all Gets no playing time and he would have been a starter for us like we we would have oh. we would have loved to have him he could have came and played for us right now and i i remember that happening and i was like man that's really weird he would say something like that and now looking back i'm like man larry brown knows what's up he was trying to recruit that guy on the spot so i would not be surprised to see him transfer to an smu type see what happens there
0: Savvy, savvy. You know, and I actually like the progress he made late in the season, Nick Bab. I thought that, especially if Qualls decides to leave, I thought, man, that could be a good opportunity for him, right? But um, you know, you gotta go, you know, you gotta go, you gotta do what's best for you. And he's, if he thinks he can, you know, the grass is greener in Dallas. Then you know, my hat's off to him. And I wish we could have worked it out, but uh, certainly disappointing. It, it'd be tough to lose him and Michael Qualls in the same off I would say, I'll say that. Yeah, uh, I, I could see. I, p- I, potentially.
2: Yeah, I could see next year being. I mean, if we lose. If we lose all three of those guys, it'd be—it's pretty hard to recover. I mean, I think we could still make the tournament, maybe, but um, you wouldn't be nearly as excited as you would be, obviously, if Portis and Qualls come back, and you're thinking the sky's the limit.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Colby, uh, you gonna miss Nick Bab?
1: Yeah. Is there some music playing? Not on my end. Nah. Okay. Sorry <laughs> Colby's just that.
2: jamming out, dude, on the podcast. I, I, I thought, thought he was, was out. out. It,
1: it, it, He's got that new
0: Drake on. <laughs> He's
2: like, you guys are yeah. talking what? <laughs> no.
1: What do you but mean yeah, we're doing a
0: show? <laughs>
2: but
1: yeah, the Bab, you know, situation does definitely it definitely um, sucks. You know, it, you had to see anybody leave, especially Bab. I thought he was really coming on at the end of the season, but you know, hopefully Qualls don't leave too. Um, you see a bunch of uh, new players, and you know, the recruiting experts are saying that you know some some new players are in mix. I don't know if that has more to do with Bab or maybe Qualls or, or Portis. Yeah, yeah, it could be There's anything no
2: right now. Yeah, we we also. Maybe people are also speculating about maybe another transfer, maybe a Keaton Miles leaving. Uh, we don't know anything yet, obviously, about that. But hopefully hopefully, we keep Portis and Qualls. I know that's... That's all we're thinking, but we'll find out. What's the deadline on that? It's another week or two. April, I think 15th, it's April
1: 26th. I, I well, thought no, it was I, April 16.
2: I saw April 26th, but that's not the NCAA requirement. The NCAA requires them to, to do it earlier. I think.
0: I got. You, I, I think got it. it's the fi- I think it's the 15th. The 15th in my head for some reason.
2: Yeah, I think it's on the 15th or 16th because I thought that too because the NBA the NBA requires them to say it by the 26th, but the NCAA right. requires them by like the 16th. So it's like a 10 day like. Or nothing can happen or something. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird discrepancy there between both of their dates. I don't know why. Dead period. Is. Just a dead period, yeah. But um, I guess that's it for the show today, guys. Um, I guess next week, well, hopefully, again, we're still waiting on the decision between Qualls and Portis. Hope we'll have some, uh, something there. Uh, probably have some more reports about spring football, maybe some recruiting news, basketball and football, uh, depending on how that goes. Um, talk about the NCAA title game and definitely talk about more baseball. I know we'll definitely have – uh, the results of the Kentucky game and maybe even some of the uh, a- Texas A&M game. So probably not Texas A&M, actually. That's another week. So Kentucky for sure, though.
0: Well, Logan just very excited about that series. I'm just very
2: excited yeah. about that A&M series, man. I'm one of the country. It's a good measuring stick, man. Absolutely. Well, all right, guys. Uh, definitely thank you guys for uh, listening. And uh, definitely download the app on VS Sporto if you're not listening to that. It's the Arkansas. What is the app name, actually?
1: It's the Razorback Sports Radio
2: app. Razorback Sports Radio app. So definitely check it out there if you haven't checked it out yet. Uh, we're also on iTunes. We're on our website. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're pretty much everywhere possible. So
0: Basically, if you Google the hogcast, wait, wait, am I saying. Yeah, if you go to yeah. the hogcast, <laughs> we're going to turn up somewhere uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, we got a great website. we got a great Twitter account that we're trying to, to do more stuff. We're trying to figure out what exactly that is right now. Uh, of course, the app is great. Uh, thanks to vSportO for putting us on. And, um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Facebook, we're always trying to post stuff on there. Uh, posted a really funny uh, John Calipari photo collage the other day. Um, <laughs> a lot of John Calipari on this show. <laughs> Yeah a lot of cow, been a lot of cow during March. March is really Cal and Tom Izzo season. so uh, and they both lost in the final four go figure. Um, and uh, And like I said, you know we will just'll uh, we'll, we'll always take questions on Twitter, email, Facebook, any of that. and uh, just don't be shy. There are no stupid uh, questions, just stupid people, isn't that right, Logan?
2: Yep, that is right. And thank you guys for listening. And like I said, keep in touch on social media. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. And I know, I know that's Chuck for the most part, but we're we're trying to keep him down. I promise.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely give us some feedback. Failing. You know, we we don't care if it's negative. We're we're still trying. We're always trying to get better at what we do. And so just just any, you know, we like the positive too. But you know, definitely we'll take any negative. And you know, no hurt feelings here. Yeah,
0: always like the Bobby Portis of the of the, 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 the crew, to be honest. You know, I, I'm sort of. I'm sort of Todd Day. I'm kind of eccentric. I'll fly off the handle on you, but uh, but he's definitely a calming uh, factor. So yeah.
2: All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks, guys.
0: Go Hogs.